presence of the Lord. We are starting a brand new series today uh, entitled Building Bold Witnesses. And so this is the year of building for us. And so our theme has been building all year. And so we're going to focus for the entirety of this month primarily on evangelism. And so this series will focus on the key ingredients that are necessary for effective evangelism. And today, uh, I don't think you can talk about evangelism until you talk about the Holy Spirit. Because that's where it all begins and that's where it all starts. So we're going to focus today on the Holy Spirit as it relates to evangelism. And I think this message is going to be um, very, very practical, uh, but it's also going to help us. I believe that it will help us to understand that it's not incumbent upon us to save anybody. Um, you know, uh, I, I got to say this, that early in my walk with God and in my, my young years as a Christian, I had developed a very, very deep conviction that I needed to share my faith, uh, you, know, you know, primarily because of the ministry I was a part of that taught it and I, my own personal study. Uh, you know, I just developed this very, very deep conviction. I knew the scriptures well. I had a great passion and a great zeal uh, for the things of God and the word of God. And I understood that well, part of my responsibility was to get out there and share my faith. And so even though I had developed an adequate knowledge and a degree of confidence, I oftentimes found little success. Uh, I found myself often getting involved in intense debates that led to bitter or cold feelings uh, between the people that I was trying to reach and myself. I discovered that people shunned me and saw me as weird and overbearing. I lacked compassion a lot of times when I was sharing my faith in genuine care, and it, and it showed. I oftentimes felt exhausted. Anybody ever witnessed somebody or you talked to somebody for a long time about the Lord and then after you just felt like you were just exhausted, you just tired, like you just, <laughs> just hitting the walls. Like it, I just can't get through. And, and then sometimes, I mean, you, you, you'll find yourself getting a little bit angry. And then that's a clear indication. I didn't fully understand it, understood it then. But that's a clear understanding uh, at that particular moment that you're at a place where God don't necessarily want you to be. Because, see, I function in a way, if I'm honest with myself, I function in a way that suggests that it was my responsibility to save people. That's, you know, I didn't say it, I guess, from a theological uh, standpoint or perspective. I knew never to say that. But there was something inside of me that, that, that kind of said, you know, I had to do this. And that's why I got so mad because people didn't see it the way that I see it and saw it. And people didn't respond to this thing until one day I realized I got a revelation. I had to go through years of, of opposition and having to learn this. But I learned that. When it comes to evangelism, the key to effective evangelism is simply abiding in him, in Jesus. You remember Jesus said that uh, we're the, the, uh, he's the vine and we're the branches, and he tells us to abide in him. He says, now, if we abide, then we will bear much fruit. You ever take a look at a tree or a vine and you see a branch that's connected to it? How many know that that branch don't look like it's struggling? All the source for that branch is coming from that, 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 that tree, that vine, all the source. And, and so it is when it comes to evangelism. Effective evangelism really is all about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's, that's really what it's all about. And I've, and I've come to understand, one, how many have ever got uh, evangelized like this, that you kind of felt like, okay, everybody I see, I'm just going to talk to you about the Lord, everybody. And it seems very spiritual, uh, but you just got to understand that sometimes God ain't working in some places. 
So, you, you, know, and, you know, and, and you know, it was against my kind of theological thinking because I, I got to get out there and I got to share, right? And I find myself sharing and trying to preach this gospel to somebody who wasn't receptive. They weren't open to it. And, 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 and one of the things I had to learn is that, that the spirit of God works in seasons and in times. You remember in the story in the Bible where Jesus, where they had this, this pool of Bethesda, when, so that whenever the angels would come and trouble the water, that whoever was there and they jumped in first, they got healed of whatever affliction they had. But then, when they, but they only had a very short period of time. The Spirit of God is like that. I, I've come to understand that when it comes to the Holy Spirit, that God works in seasons and He works in times. And if you're not careful, you will miss Him. You had to catch Him on the next round. But how many know God is going to do what God needs to do, even if he have to go through and around you? But I don't know about you. I want to be used of God. And so one of the things I had to learn is that the Holy Spirit. So I had to learn how to move with the Holy Spirit. So this will take some time. This is not something, honestly, that you're going to that's going to happen overnight because Learning how to walk and live in the Holy Spirit, how many know it's a lifestyle? You just can't turn it on and turn it off. It has to be something that on a regular basis, you're trying to learn how to walk with God. You're, you're relying on him. You're trusting in him. You're communicating in him. And the closer you walk with him, the more you begin to hear when the Lord speaks to you. Uh, sometimes I hear people say the Lord spoke to me and I wonder about what the Lord speak because there ain't nothing. That I'm like, I ain't read nothing like that in the Bible. What Bible are you reading? And so it's all about being led by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to be effective in reaching people because how many know, how many you believe that reaching people for Jesus is what it's all about? How many you believe that? That's what this whole, that's what this church thing is all about. So if anybody came here this morning, you have a whole different perspective. At the bottom line, the sum total of what ministry is about is about reaching people for Jesus and exposing them to the reality of the gospel of Christ. And so the spirit of God must be allowed to lead if there's to be authentic salvation. Let me say that again. The Spirit of God must be allowed to lead if there is to be authentic salvation. I used to have this thing when I was going doing door to door in my earlier days and just going out and sharing my faith that the whole goal was to get people to say the prayer. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what the sin is prayer. The whole goal, man, is to get them. And so you would say the most horrific things, right? to make them afraid, to make them scared, to just get them. I mean, man, all you got to do is say these magic words, and you won't go to hell. Just, just say this. And it was an amazing thing because you would get them to say the words, but then you would still see that there was no real change. Because let me tell you something, because the only way a person is going to get saved, y'all still listen to me say amen. amen. The only way a person is going to get saved, they got to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. Not convicted by you. See, they may, have a, they may feel guilty. You may make them feel guilty about their not coming to church and doing the right things. They may even come to church and do a series of nice things and get involved. But unless they get convicted by the Holy Spirit, they won't change. And, and it's not just about, how many know, it's not just about saying words. The Bible says with the, with the, with the mouth man confesses, but with the heart he believes under salvation. So it's about the heart. And so guess what? You and I, can't, we can't change a heart. 
If you don't believe, trust me, I've, I've tried to do that. You can't change people's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So then, watch this. So the more that we are connected with the Holy Spirit, then we can move with the Spirit. We'll get the kind of results that will be real. Like when Jesus says that, 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 that those who are mine, no one can pluck them out of my hand. Why? Because they've truly been converted from the inside. So this is a work of the Spirit. It's not a work of human effort. Understand something Jesus said here, and that's going back to our foundational text here this morning in Acts chapter number one. Jesus says here in verse number four, he said, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. Don't go nowhere. Wait. What do I need to wait for? Jesus, I've been with you for three years. I've been in ministry. I know the mechanics of how this thing worked. In fact, Jesus, all I need to do is mimic you and I can get the same results, Right. You would think that after several years of ministry and seeing Jesus work and move in the lives of people, that, man, release me. I'm ready to go. But Jesus says, you ain't ready yet. Why why would Jesus say that? Why did he say that? Because he said, you got to wait, watch this, until you be filled with power from on high. Watch, he says, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So watch. He says, now you will receive power. What do I need this power for? Why do I need power? Because you're talking about witnessing. So in order for you to witness effectively, you need power. And, that, and it's not humanistic power. It's not the power that is derived from your own uh, psychological, analytical uh, way of thinking. It has nothing to do with this. This has to do with power that comes from God on high. So he says, here's what you need to do before you take a step. I want y'all to sit down and wait because there's going to be a shift. I'm going to come pour out my spirit. And then when I do that, then and only then now will you be ready to be a witness unto me. Because remember, salvation is all spiritual. Y'all look at the neighbor and say it's all spiritual. It has nothing to do. It has absolutely nothing to do with, with you other than the fact that God is using you as a conduit. Now, I don't know about you, but that, you know, when I got that revelation, man, I got, a, I got some freedom in my soul because I realized that, man, that my focus is just to stay connected with him. And then I need, I need to hear him when he speaks. And I'm, I'm going to show you here in a moment uh, how the Holy Spirit really works in our lives. And I believe that as he worked then, he's still working today. How many of you believe that? How many know that he's still the same God today, yesterday? I mean, he's not changed. But, 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 but we can't, but see, and I'm all about strategies, and I think strategies are good and having plans. I think the Bible encourages us to do that. But they are to never take the place of the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit is what's going to open people's hearts. The Holy Spirit is what's going to cause people to say, oh, wait a minute, wow, I need to change. I'm, I'm going to show you that here in a moment. He said, now you will be witnesses to me in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, now when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you'll be ready to be a witness locally, your Judea. This is our Judea, Samaria, surrounding cities, and then to the uttermost parts of the world. And so Jesus is making a statement here that I believe that wasn't confined, confound or confined to their particular time, but it extends all the way into this generation. It's the same thing. It's the same Holy Spirit that that was working then. It's the same Holy Spirit that is working now that's going to empower us to reach not only people in our community, in this nation, but beyond. And so our focus must always be on Lord, 
Holy Spirit, move. How many of you ever prayed that? Holy Spirit, move. We need you to move. Holy Spirit, speak. Give me a sense of direction. Help me to understand this. And, and you know, like, and, and so as the disciples then, watch. So they're, they're sitting there. They're, they're, they've been told to wait. They're in the upper room. Their life is hanging in the balance because in those days, it's not like it is in this country right now because we're, we're, you know, we're a free nation, praise God. But in those days, if they were to dare come out of there, you know, come out and start talking about the Lord, man, and they didn't have the protection of the Lord, those, those disciples were going to get killed. And, and if they were in our time, I'll put it to you so you can understand it. They'd have got shot. Somebody would have shot them. They, their life was hanging in the balance. But if they came out in those streets and they started wanting to talk about Jesus, I mean, they had people just waiting on them. And that's why the Lord said, you got to wait. Don't do anything. How many know we need to, how many know we don't learn to listen to the Lord the way we should? We can end up dead. God, how many know he'll protect you? He'll protect, he'll watch over you. He'll lead your steps. He'll guide you if we're listening to him. So all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit now, think about it. So the Holy Spirit falls on them. And then the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 and 4, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, that they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. This is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 down to verse number 4. A sound of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and sat upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, as the Spirit gave them utterance. So, we understand that, that the Holy Spirit, at this particular moment, this was the first time that the Holy Spirit had really descended upon man. Uh, you know, because Jesus had just, he had just ascended. So now the Holy Spirit has come right after Jesus ascended into heaven. And he came in a very dramatic way. Now, it is not to say that just because the Holy Spirit don't, didn't fall on you and you were like at home or whatever in your room and then the tongues of fire came down. It doesn't mean that, man, unless that happens, you don't have the spirit. No, it just it, all this is saying is this is how God did it here in this one moment. This is how the Holy Spirit was introduced. But I can, go with, I can go in several different directions with this, but I want to stay on this particular track. What I want to focus on the fact that it was after that Holy Spirit came and empowered them, they began to speak with other tongues and other languages, trying to, to reach other people and all these different things. What I want you to understand is it was at that moment that, 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 that there was a shift in the disciples. Many of them were fearful. Many of them was afraid. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit now comes. Now we get it. This is what Jesus was talking about. He said we needed to wait. But the Holy Spirit now, now the Holy Spirit has come. All of a sudden, there's this, there's this synergy, this energy that comes as a result of them waiting. How many know there's a benefit on waiting on God? Amen. So as they waited, then all of a sudden they get this power. Peter steps out and he begins to preach the gospel and he preaches in such a way, hear this that 3,000 people get saved. Authentic salvation. Three, now, I don't know, but have there been too many places where somebody preached and 3,000 people at once got saved? How I many know, I would say that's a good day from a spiritual standpoint. But the point is that it did not happen, watch this, until the Holy Spirit came, thus signaling to all of us that, that if we want to be able to reach people, it has to come from the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the only way it's going to happen. It's not going to happen any other way. That's the pattern, and the pattern must be maintained by the church on today. 
And so Jesus himself, think about his own ministry. Before Jesus formally started his ministry, up until that point, think about Jesus. He was, I mean, he was growing. He was impacting people, no doubt. But boy, right at the beginning of his ministry, remember when Jesus got empowered by the Holy Spirit? Let me show you something here in John chapter 1, verse 32 and 33. I'm going to show you how even the Holy Spirit was working through Jesus. And John bore witness saying, watch this. I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he remained upon him, and I did not know him. But he who sent me to baptize with water and said to me, upon whom you see the spirit. Everybody say the spirit. The spirit descending and remaining on him. This is who, who baptized with the Holy Spirit. So we see Jesus who been empowered that the spirit of God descending on him. And then Jesus, because all authority has been given unto him, then he then releases that power to you and I today. That, that same power, that same anointing. And the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, watch this, with the Holy Spirit and with what? Come on. Are y'all paying? Y'all listen. See, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with what? Power. There it is right there. And he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with them. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was the, was the, was the seal. It was the, the deal breaker. And so every miracle, everything that Jesus did as he touched the lives of people, he did it because he was anointed through the Holy Spirit. And how many know that if we're going to do it, we got to do it the same way? That's why Jesus said it's simple. Jesus said, look, it's expedient for you that I go away because when I go away, I'm going to send this spirit to you. And then from, from a long-term standpoint, you'll be able to touch many, many more people from, a, from a, a longevity standpoint because I'm going to the Father and I'm releasing the Spirit through you to bring about the harvest that God wants to bring about. And so this is something that is a pattern that we must uh, lay hold to. So Jesus' ministry was a ministry that was energized by the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to go to something here. I, I, I alluded to this earlier because I really wanted to drive this uh, point home because I think it's so important. I said to you earlier that it's not us, up to us to convict because there, there used to be a, some time for my own personal life that I would feel bad sometimes if people didn't, didn't get saved, you know, family member, friends, if I was, you know, because, you know, I just felt like, you know, I just, you know, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm pouring out my heart and, and they didn't get right. And sometimes I bored. I kind of wore that like, man, that's, you know, you know, I didn't say something right. I didn't do something right. How many know that God can take your fumbling words, your bumbling words, and he can take the weak things of the world to confound the wise? You don't have to listen. You don't have to be the most articulate, the most bright. Listen, all you have to do is have a good heart and love God with all of it. And God will take your brokenness, whatever you got, and God will use it. That's just what he does. So that nobody can go. So this doesn't take a person that got a G. Look, you can have a GED. No, you can be special ED or you can have uh, whatever the case. I mean, you can be a PhD. It, it doesn't matter. God will take you and he will empower you with the Holy Spirit and he will cause you to do stuff that's outside of your power because it's not about your power. It never will be because you don't have it. But all he wants is a heart that is open and willing to say, Lord, use me, and God will use you in a spectacular way. And, you know, you walk away from that, man, I, I, I didn't say this right. Listen to me. God knows the hearts. Isn't it good to know that God can use you in all your brokenness? Isn't it good to know that he didn't give up on you? Some of you are hard on yourselves than God is. 
God, how many know God knew how to let stuff go? <laughs> we, we, we hold on to stuff sometimes way far too much, but God is, God is good at letting things go. Jesus said here in John chapter 16, verse 7 to 11, and I, and I alluded to that verse here in a second, a second ago. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth is your advantage. I go away. I, I got to do this. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, watch this, watch this. When he, talking about the spirit, everybody say when he. When he, talking about the spirit, when he has come, watch this, I want you to get this. He will convict. You get that? He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, and of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. So Jesus is saying here that it is the Spirit of God that will convict people or bring people to the point where they will say to themselves, you know what, I need to have Jesus in my life. You know what? I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I know I'm a wretched person. I need to give my life to God. I need to get right with God. You know, you know, if I don't get right with God, God, there's, I got a sense that there's judgment is coming. I need to get right with God. In fact, I remember that's one of the things I don't know. That's one of the ways God got me in, to be quite honest with you, because I had a and my wife was there. She would tell you I had a fascination with in, with in, end times, uh, with eschatology. So I would sit there and, and, and I would read the Bible, and I would read the book of Revelation <coughs> like it was water. I mean, every day, man, I was in the book because I was just fascinated with the coming back of, of the Savior. So I had this sense that, so I had a strong sense that Jesus is on the way back, and I need to get right. <coughs> but let me tell you something. That came, I, you know, it, I want to say this. It came out of nowhere. <coughs> I mean, literally. I mean, it came I just had this thing, and the Holy Spirit had convicted me that, you know what? You need to get right. You need to change because Jesus is coming. You're accountable to him. You're a sinner. And then, and then how many of you have seen God showed you your own wretchedness? You ever, you ever get a, a revelation of how, just how bad you are? And, and, you know, that's the Holy Spirit convicting you. That's not a time to duck, run, and hide. That's a time to, to say, Lord, use me. Save me. And so I saw that, and and I saw how the Holy Spirit, he convicted me. There were people that God used that spoke into my life. But, but really, it was just, uh, just one particular day, there was something inside of me that said, I got to get right with God. You know, I, and it was just a light. And there have been many people that have been talking to me, pulling me into a corner. You know what I'm talking about, because some of you have done. Pulling me into a corner, talking to me about how I need to get right with God. And I'm listening, like, yeah, yeah, nah, whatever, whatever. All of a sudden, one day, bam, light comes on. It's like, oh. Gosh, I need to get right. I need, if I don't do this, if I don't do this, man, I'm going to die and go to hell. That was something that God did inside of me. That was the Holy Spirit. How many know he works and moves in different ways? See, the way you might come to him might be different than how I came to him, all right? I know sometimes we try to package people and they got to come to Christ this way. You know, there are people come to Christ in, in, a, in a variety of ways, a variety of experiences. They may not necessarily have, have just got up and came in front of the church like, you know, well, you'll come up with, maybe they just kind of, they were going home after church and the Holy Spirit just convicted them while they were going to church. And they just, you know, what? I need to get right with God. Maybe they had an experience one day at work and all of a sudden, man, they're just riding home from work and then bam, the light, the Holy Spirit just wham, hit them. And all of a sudden they're getting right with God. I want you to understand it's all about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works and he convicts people of sin.
So the, so the more that we, we get that, that he's the one that's convicting, then the more that we're relying on the spirit and the more we're just trying to tap into it. And, and so for some of you, you got neighbors, you got friends, you got coworkers, you got moms, you got dads, you got cousins, you got uncles, you got aunts, you got husbands, you got wives. And some of them are not right with God. Instead of beating them to death, talk to God and say, Holy Spirit, convict them. Let, how, many, how many know the Holy Spirit can do far better with them than you could ever? <laughs> I figured that out, too. So, so, it's, so you know, I just, just, let's just spend the bulk of our time just saying, Holy Spirit, move. And if the Holy Spirit ain't moving, I, I'm, I'm okay to say this. This might not sound nice coming from a preacher, but I just say it. You know, I just walk away. I mean, if the Holy Spirit ain't working, I'll just, you know, I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm, I'm going on to the next thing. And, and, I, and I'm not feeling bad about it because I understand that God is working in seasons and in times in people's lives. Sometimes I'm there to plant a seed. Sometimes I'm there to water. There's there sometimes God to bring somebody there to bring forth the harvest. But all the while, it was always the Spirit that was working and moving. And that's how you came to Christ. You're here today because the Holy Spirit drew you here over a period of time. Now, I want to show you a passage here um, that I think kind of highlights everything I just talked about here. Uh, there's one other thing I do want to say, that, and I just want, as a reference point, John 6, 4-4, just to validate everything I said, just in case somebody thinks otherwise. I don't think anybody here would think otherwise. But just in case you think differently, uh, John 6, 4-4 says, no one can come to me unless the Father draws them. Nobody. Everybody say nobody. 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 Not one person, not one person, not one person going to come to God unless he's drawn to God by the Spirit. Every person that come to him, the Spirit drew him. That gives me great confidence. And so let's look here at, um, uh, look at a passage of Scripture in Acts chapter number 8. Um, this is uh, Acts chapter 8, verses 26 down to verse 38. So this particular passage really uh, embodies Everything that I just talked about, how the Spirit of God works, how the Spirit of God moves, and how the, I really believe that we can learn, we can learn from this. And this is so important because it's actually a picture of how the Spirit of God can work in a multiplicity of ways. He can be working in your life and at the same time working in somebody else's life and call the two to, com, to converge and then, then, then spiritual life will break forth. But look at this and how the Holy Spirit works. And, 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 and maybe you can see yourself in this passage. So let's read it. This is Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Start in verse number 26. Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip. Philip was an evangelist, preaching the word of God. Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. All right? I want you to go down the road, to, down to Jerusalem. Down, I want you to go, end up in Gaza. This is a desert. So, watch this. So he arose and he went. The angel gave, spoke to him. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasury and who had come to Jerusalem to worship. So here's this, this Ethiopian eunuch had come to Jerusalem to worship. So obviously, there was a desire for, the, for God. There was something the Holy Spirit was doing in this man. He had a desire for God. Now, I want you to see how that every one of this man's step was no accident. Watch this. In verse number 20, uh, let's do it, verse number 28. Uh, let's, uh, yeah. And sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. All right? How many know that that wasn't an accident? He just happened to be reading Isaiah the prophet. 
What? Then the spirit. Everybody say the spirit. Verse 29. Then the spirit said to Philip. Who said it to Philip? Okay. Then the spirit said to Philip. Go near and overtake this chariot. You ever had the spirit speak to you? Hey, go, go. The guy in that grocery store line right there. Go in there and tell him, tell him that Jesus love him. Well, I can't do that, Lord, because he ain't going to respond to that. Oh, I can't do that because it'll be quite embarrassing. Oh, I, I can't. He's a complete stranger. He don't even know me. Who asked you all of that? If the spirit of God, if you get a prompting and, and something inside of you say go, and, and you know, you believe, have me know the devil ain't going to tell you to go share Christ with nobody. Amen. So let's take, take the devil out of the equation. The worst thing that happened is you just got it wrong. And, and that, you know, that's the absolute worst. But, but, but you can't go wrong by telling somebody that Jesus loves them, right? Amen. So, so watch it. So the spirit said, go hook up with that chariot. There's no evidence in this particular passage, watch this, that Philip knew who this man was. He had no prior relationship with him. Complete stranger. But how many know that when the spirit is where he ain't no stranger to the spirit? <laughs> you see, he's not a stranger to the spirit. They never met. Never met. And all of a sudden, go join. Look, go in there. And jump. Go join yourself. Go get a ride. Go, 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 go jump in there. It's like, it's like you know, somebody stopping the red light. Yeah. Hey, can I, can I get a ride? You know, can I get a ride? I mean, who are you? He's, go ahead. Go, 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 go. Just go do it. Now, now watch what happens here. He says, now, verse, he, verse 29, he says, go to, go to the Spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake the chariot. So Philip ran. How many know that that's obedience, right? Philip ain't even debated. He didn't, he didn't take this time and go like, well, I wait a minute, wait a minute. See, some of us, we're too worried about people rejecting us. We're too, we're too self-aware. Y'all follow what I'm saying? We're, we're too afraid. If this, how many know the spirit of God? God knows the heart of every person. And God knows that every person, you don't know. So you don't know what God is doing. I wonder how many opportunities have passed us by because we want to sit there and we want to debate it. I wonder. Philip ran to him, and he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet. He said, hey, do you understand what you're reading? <laughs> he just happened to be reading Isaiah the prophet, right? And he said, and here's, here's what the eunuch said, how can I, unless someone guides me? Man, I, I've been trying to figure this passage out, man. I've been trying to figure this thing out for weeks. I've been praying to ask, Lord, what does this mean? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Philip, hey, jumped up on the thing, come to the chair, said, hey, come on up here, boys. Come on, sit down and talk to me. Give me some Give me some education. Help me to figure this thing out. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before his shearer is silent. So he opened out his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And, he would, and who would declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. And so the eunuch asked a question and answered Philip and said, Philip, I'm asking you, of whom does the prophet say this about? Is it of himself or is it, or is it of some other man? Can you, can you help me? Because this is baffling to me. Is this, a, is this a prophetic thing or what is going on here? Then Philip opened his mouth, watch this, and beginning at this scripture. In other words, he met him right where he, at, where he was. See, we got to learn how to meet people where they at. We try to take people sometimes to a destination before we first meet them where they at. See, I can't take you on a destination until I first come pick you. Y'all, you with me? Amen. I can't take you to your destination until I first pick you up, right? So we want them to go to the destination, but we ain't met them where they at yet. Can you please give me a ride first? I know you're trying to say I'm supposed to be here, but I'm over here. Can you please bring me 
there. So so you see that the eunuch, he answered that, he says, watch, in verse 35, then Philip opened the mouth, beginning at the scripture, he preached, watch it, he preached Jesus to him. And now as they went down the road, they came to the water, and a eunuch said, see, here's some water. What hinders me? Because now, apparently, whatever Philip has said, he had preached to him about Jesus, he had preached to him about being baptized, and so the eunuch just kind of saying, well, look, here's the water. I believe, I receive. Man, can I get, can I get, can I do this thing? Now, how many of you know, now I want you to see the, the, I want you to see how seamlessly this thing is, is, is taking place. Do you see Philip in an argument with the eunuch? Philip don't have the eunuch up against the wall telling him how he need to get right with God. You better get right with God or you're going to burn, baby, burn in hell. You're going to roast. If you don't give it like this, you're going to roast. You're going to burn. You don't see any of that. What you see is this is that Philip was moving with the what? The Spirit of God. And God led him there. And it was so easy because you don't even see Philip working much of a sweat at all. He, here's what I understand. When you're flowing with the Spirit, you, just, you, just, you ain't working up much. You just, the Holy Spirit is doing the work. You just long for the ride. He's just saying, Lord, come on, use me. And that's all Philip did. Philip just allowed, and then Philip said, and, and, and watch, and the eunuch was the one said, Philip didn't say to him, hey, um, uh, I'm ready to baptize you right now. The eunuch was the one that said, hey, I'm ready. What's hindering me? Can, can I do this? Because, In other words, there was an authentic change that happened inside of him, and he was ready to be transformed, to be changed, and all Philip did was just respond and watch. So then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may, and he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. And so here's what we saw there, just to kind of sum that up. We see there everything I talked about. It's the Holy Spirit that draws, right? The Holy Spirit was drawing, was working in Philip. The Holy Spirit was working in the eunuch. The Holy Spirit brought them together. They clashed. It brought forth spiritual life. That's how it works. Figure out where the Spirit of God is working. And then join in with the Spirit of God, and spiritual life will start to happen. And sometimes that means that we got to say, you know what? The Spirit of God ain't working here. I got to go someplace else. I don't have time to read it, but I just want to reference this point. I'm going to get it close. In Acts chapter 16, verses 6 through 10, you read it in your own spare time because I got to finish up here. But in Acts 16, verses 6 through 10, you see there that, 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 uh, that, that Paul wanted to preach in Bethania. Bethania. And, um, but the Bible said that the Spirit didn't let him preach there. He wanted to go there. He wanted to preach right there in Asia, but the Spirit of God said, no, I want you to go to Macedonia. I don't want you to preach there. And so Paul then got a vision in the middle of the night, somebody saying, hey, come over here. And Paul got the vision. He says, and he concluded along with the others, the God didn't want him to preach over in Bithynia, over in Asia. He wanted him to preach over in Macedonia. Now, it doesn't mean that God was saying that he never wanted Paul to go to Asia. It's not saying at all because we know he preached in Asia. So it's not saying at all. What it, mean, what it meant is that at that particular moment, the Spirit of God ain't working right there right now. In that situation, I need you to move over here. And so we see Paul then shifted and he went to Macedonia. In other words, that's where, that's where the uh, kind of like when, you know, when, when Peter and was fishing um, with all the other disciples, and they've been fishing all night, and they caught nothing. Jesus showed up and said, okay, 
throw the thing on the other side. There's a fish on over here. You know, then all of a sudden there's so much fish. See, it's all about what the spirit of God is doing and how he's moving and where the fishes are. And so that's the way that we got to think about evangelism. Evangelism is really about fishing, but it's about fishing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And once we can master that and once we understand that, I believe that evangelism will be much more exciting. So whenever a preacher or anybody stand up to you and talk about evangelism, you don't get bored and start to check out because you realize, man, that evangelism is what changed people's lives. You know, uh, people getting hooked off drugs, sex addiction and, 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 and suicidal, all these things. It, people get free from the preaching of the gospel. And, and, and how many know that it's supposed to be fun? It's supposed to be exciting. It's supposed to be, man, this is a good day, man. You're able to preach the gospel to somebody and they can come to Christ. That's a good day. It shouldn't be like, oh, God, I'm nervous. I'm afraid. Just walk in the spirit and don't try to overthink it. And you'll see how God will move in a significant way. Amen. Did you receive that word this morning? Come on, give God a hand clap of praise for it. All right. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed.